Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. I'm your host, Nana Bansu, President and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our mission is to help business owners steal their business systems without having to have the business too dependent and reliant on your owner. We do this by providing a set of tools and resources, including podcasts, webinars, courses, among other things. This week, I have with me a guest who is going to be talking about leadership, and his name is Andy, Andy McDowell, uh, to be exact. He kind of tracks a little bit of my background also, so I was excited to get to talk to him. He's a life coach as well as a business coach. He applies concepts from his life coaching experience into business and then also business concepts into life coaching. Andy is, a, is an engineer by trade and a creative by nature. He spent 22 years with the Boeing company where he always felt like a life coach and a boss. In 2002, he began his journey into entrepreneurship within a corporation when he was asked to develop an airspace design consulting business from scratch that could serve the global government market. He has a bachelor's degree from Georgia Tech in electrical engineering and a master's degree in computer information systems from Georgia State. Naturally, his aviation work took him around the world and enabled him to work on high-profile projects such as preparing the Beijing and Sochi airports for their respective Olympic Games. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you very much. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. Wonderful. So you are a founder of a company called, I believe, a Journey Your Value, and you help leaders create and share their value proposition. In your mind, what's, your, what's Andy's definition of leadership? Uh, my definition of leadership is um, the ability to lead either yourself or a group of people from one place to another by the creation of uh, culture and an environment that provides emotional safety uh, to bring out the best in people. How would you describe good leadership in, you know, based on your definition? Good leadership is one that recognizes the skills and talents of the team, what they bring to the table and an ability to inspire and then draw those skills and talents to bear on the mission and purpose of, um, of the group you know, to the point that they're successful in reaching their destination, whatever that might be. Right. And do you think leadership is innate or do you think it's something that can be, it's a skill that can be taught? Uh, it's a skill that can be taught. The question is how much innateness is already in the person for it. You know, obviously their journey in uh, becoming an effective leader is going to be shorter than somebody else, but that doesn't mean that somebody who doesn't have an, a, a natural skill or talent or an innateness for leadership can't, can't get themselves there. Now, I want to talk about, because you have this um, point of view about leaders making sure they come to terms with some internal traumas and, and conflicts and, mm -hmm. and controversies. Um, how do you think internal uh, conflicts and traumas and experiences affect leadership styles and conversations that business leaders have with your teams and your organization? Well, any kind of traumas that somebody might have had in their childhood naturally, in my opinion, creates fears in their life. You know, fear is, is not something that you're innately born with, you know, innately born with love, but it's uh, fear is developed in the mind from traumas and experiences and so forth younger in age. And it naturally has a tendency to affect your ability to um, get what you want out of life and create a sense or a need for uh, control of those activities that are out of your control 
in order for those fears or those triggers or situations to show up in your life. And so as a leader, you have a tendency then to start projecting your fears and your behaviors that affect the people that you're leading, whether that shows up as micromanagement, um, arrogance, uh, those type things that affects uh, the ability for you to lead people and get the best out of them. And what do you think the impact of not resolving these type of challenges, internal challenges for leaders, what do you think the impact is on the business and the team's performance? Well, it's a huge impact on performance because, you, uh, as I stated in that definition of leadership, you're not providing an emotionally safe place for them to feel like they can um, bring out their skills and talents, throw ideas out on the table, ask questions, bring up concerns and those type things. And th therefore, any kind of items that stand in your way of achieving success um, is not going to get answered or addressed, or, or the potential of it is not going to get answered or addressed. And therefore, you run a serious risk of not achieving what you hope to achieve uh, with the team from that perspective. Um, and how do you determine, because there could be, you know, if, if a business or a team is not performing well, it could be due to a multitude of factors. How do you, um, how are you able to either isolate or at least you know, determine to a larger degree, the impact of the owner's own behaviors on the results that the business or the team is getting. Yeah, you've got to create an environment both uh, as a group with your team or on a one-on-one -on -one situation. Once again, I go back to the emotional safety where the concerns can be brought up. You can ask questions and get truthful answers uh, as to how uh, a person on your team is perceiving how things are going. Uh, what, um, how do they emotionally feel about what's going on from that perspective, so you can, uh, you know, quote, nip things in the bud, so to speak, before they become really big problem in, in amongst the team. So it's a lot about, you know, one of my favorite phrases is culture eats strategy for lunch. And that's because of that emotional safety aspect. If you don't have a proper culture where you can have proper communication, it's truthful in nature, uh, concerns are being addressed, then your likelihood of success is going to uh, sharply decrease. And once you've isolated this internal conflicts for an owner or a leader, what are some of the steps that if you were brought in to help, what are some of the steps that uh, you take or you help these owners take to resolve these issues? Uh, well, it's, it's all about how you're going to help the leader uh, create an emotional safe environment. And that's going to require a lot of vulnerability on the part of the leader to say, you may have to say things like, I didn't handle these, this situation or these situations very well. And I recognize that I'm trying to do things to change it so that my leadership style moving forward is going to be different. Uh, we're going to create a culture of emotional safety where you can uh, state things and I'm going to respect them. I'm going to hear them. We're going to talk about them and we're going to together find a solution. Um, to solve it from that perspective, but it's it's all it all, it's all going to start here with a leader. It's not so much about what's going on with the team. It's much more about the leader and what they're saying and how they're behaving, what their actions are that's going to move that culture to a better place. And why do you think it's important for leaders to be vulnerable? And how do they balance that? Because in especially in these challenging times where there's a lot of adversity, just balancing being vulnerable with being confident so that the team or the organization can see you as um, the person they can be confident in leading them forward. 
Yeah, so you got to de- demonstrate that confidence, but that confidence is going to have to start with listening and, and making statements like, I'm, I'm going to listen. I'm not always necessarily going to agree with 100, 100% of what you say, but I'm going to be respectful enough to listen to hear your thoughts and your comments and have a conversation with you about it. And at the end, at the end, try to find a win-win, you know, between the two of us. You know, what's in the best interest of the company, uh, as well as what's in the best interest of the employee, um, such that at the very least, a person feels like they're heard, they're respected, um, they're encouraged, um, and hopefully inspired at the very end. But usually, inspiration comes from trust, and it's got to take a number of conversations before that trust gets developed. Um, over time. Uh, but, it, but it all has to start with uh, a vulnerability to say, I know I didn't do so well, and I'm here to try and change things, and I want to listen. I may not necessarily agree with everything you have to say, but I will at least promise you I'll, I will listen and be respectful of my answers. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into this concept of trust. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you have situations where trust has been broken because of you know previous you know, circumstances, or it may have been maybe the last you know global crisis where maybe um, leadership word was not followed, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, how do you regain that trust if trust has already been broken and you know people are kind of skeptical and they're kind of looking around, especially when they see that maybe within the industry, like for instance, Elon Musk just announced they're going to slash ten percent. So how do you um, how do you um, establish or regain that trust if trust has not been established in the first place or has been broken in the first place? Well, it all first starts with uh, how you're treating the person. You know, I, I hate to keep coming back to this idea of emotional safety and respect, but you've got to start there first. Um, it, it could be that trust was broken over a corporate policy or something of nature that's kind of out of your control as a leader because you're getting instructions from. Um, from above, but you at least have to approach the subject with some empathy. You know, maybe you're making a statement. I, I'm not happy with the policy either. Yeah, you know, I'll just be totally honest with you. You know, I'm 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 not a big fan of this policy either. But it is is it is what it is. It's what leadership wants. So, how can you and I together make the best of this situation uh, from this perspective and have a dialogue from there? It's it has a lot to do with intention. What is your intention behind the conversation? And does the person on the other side of the table feel like you have their best interests at heart? You're willing to listen. You're willing to have a dialogue to try and find the best win-win you can get out of the situation as it stands. Yeah. And I, is that where like, you know, the whole emotional intelligence, you know, EQ comes in and because mm-hmm. sometimes like, you know, management is more right brain. You're looking at numbers and budget and all these different things. Whereas this is more like left brain and just more like heart, heart talk and stuff like that. So I guess that could be a challenge, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it, particularly for us men uh, from the perspective that, uh, our core masculinity is about mission and purpose. And it's not to say we're not emotional beings, but it's not our, it's not our strength like it is as much as it is for women. So uh, I always think of emotional intelligence as a, as a muscle. So what, what are you doing to practice using your um, emotional skills and conversations with people, even if it's over a technical technical conversation where emotions aren't really playing into it, there's still ways that you can interject it here or there, um, see what kind of response and test it and see, 
where your team is sitting or a particular person is sitting in their own emotional intelligence. And what advice would you give to the business owner or you know, any kind of uh, or their leadership team if they are struggling to create an environment of trust in the organization? Well, you have to have to ask a lot of a lot of questions, um, either through observation or talking to team members, if if they would allow you to do that, to try and understand where trust is being broken down. Uh, this is where the difficult part in coaching comes in, because you're totally relying on if you're just sitting in one on one conversations with your client, you're trusting that they're being introspective enough and being honest with themselves as to what the situation is, if they're not being that, then there's no, in my opinion, there's no coaching in the world that's going to change it unless you then get access to um, their team members where you can ask some questions and try and uh, decipher and get some clues as to exactly what's going on in the environment and in the culture that then may allow you to formulate some ideas and have the proper conversations with a person. Yeah. So then uh, let's pivot to your coaching thing. So on, on average, when you typically see the, you know, have the breakthrough, if you're having like, you know, some of your, your clients, how long does it typically take before, you know, you usually get your breakthrough on average? Uh, I would say on average, two to three sessions. Okay. You know, a lot of it is, um, you always try to have that conversation up front about what's the difference between a coach and a consultant. I said, I'm not, not here to hand over answers. You know, here's the answers. Just go follow these things and you get the solutions. It's more about, putting myself eventually out of business because I'm going to ask you enough questions and teach you how to fish, uh, so to speak, in, in running a business that you've got the proper tools and mindset moving forward that you can be successful and you only call me on an as-needed basis, if at all, uh, if I've done my job properly. So it's um, a, lot, a lot of it is in the very beginning trying to ask enough questions to understand where the core issues are and then having some conversations to either change mindset or discover an underlying trauma that they need to work out and that attributes to their leadership style, uh, which they need to change in order to be more effective as a leader. Wonderful. If people want to follow up with you uh, and just get in contact with you or follow your work, where and how can they find you? Uh, best place is at my website, www.generateyourvalue.com. Um, I'm also, uh, along with a co-host, have my own podcast called Generate Your Value, where we talk about life leadership and small business issues, uh, either amongst ourselves or the two of us or uh, with guests that come on. Might get some nice golden nuggets, so to speak, as I call them, from listening to some episodes that might be helpful for you. Wonderful. Okay, we're going to have all that information in this show's, uh, this episode's uh, show notes so people can uh, get that information from there as well. Well, thank you very much, Andy. Appreciate your golden nuggets that you shared today. It's been <laughs> awesome. And uh, look forward to speaking with you again soon. Yeah, I really appreciate the invite and coming on today and uh, keep generating your value in this world. Wonderful. Wonderful.